Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Royce Hood, and welcome to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm your guest host today, and I'm super excited to be here. I recently was introduced to uh, to Catholic Spirit Radio um, basically online, and I met John and I met Anne, and I met some of the teammates here, and it's it's just really cool. So they invited me to come on, and I've got a special guest with us today, Paul Prebos, who is a parishioner at St. Jude Parish in Dunlap, Illinois. That is my parish. Paul, are you with us today? I am. Good to hear your voice again. Awesome. Thank you so much for um, schlepping over here with me from Peoria. It's a pretty easy drive. What about an hour, I guess. If that, if that. You were making good speed, but I, I wasn't I was paying speeding. close attention. I know, and and I did. I, there was a few speed traps on the way uh, from Peoria to there here. There are, there are. So, you uh, avoided all of them. I did, yeah, and and I think that's the Holy Spirit action plan. We uh, we try to avoid detection and get places quickly. So, so we are here nonetheless, and we want to talk about how your faith basically impacts your life. Now, Paul, you you are happily, and people don't know you, they don't know me, and I'm hoping that's that's going to change in the future. Um, you're happily married to Jennifer. Mo- yeah, most days. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So tell, tell yeah. us a little bit about, um, tell us about your marriage, your family. Awesome. Uh, so actually just yesterday, uh, my wife, Jen, and I celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. Uh, so Woo-hoo! yeah, that's ex- Congratulations. exciting. And, and we were, we were walking and talking and, um, it turns out two of our seven children have early January birthdays. And we were just lamenting that, you know, the, the, uh, getting through Christmas is only getting through 25% of the, the gift buying. Cause <laughs> we've got to do, uh, figure out what to, what to get each other for our anniversary. And we've got a, uh, a 13 year old or he just celebrated his 13th birthday. And then next Saturday, my seven year old daughter is going to turn eight. So fun time, but yeah, it's, it's a compression of, of activities. Um, but yeah, we we are uh, happy parents. Uh, we we have uh, five sons and two daughters, um, sixteen down to six. So we've been busy. She's my wife has been very busy um, until recently. You know, sort of at home with the kids, and I've been doing the the professional thing. We uh, started our family life in Chicago and we moved to Peoria in 2013. And, and your wife. So I'm for, for the listeners and I hope you'll be able to hear more about my story in time. I'm originally from Florida. I grew up on the beautiful beaches of Jupiter, Florida and your wife, isn't she from California? She is. She's a Valley girl. Okay. And where are you from originally? Uh, that's a long story. I'm, I'm originally Australian, uh, emigrated to the United States in the late eighties and, uh, went to high school in the Boston area, ended up in the Midwest and uh, moved to Chicago in 2000. And, uh, you know, so Australian, kinda... Australian near the beach or not near the beach? Well, all of Australia is near the beach. It's is a, it even central yeah. Australia? Well, come on. I mean, you know, no does one anybody live? Nobody no. lives in central. I don't the know. Anything. I don't know anything about Australia. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a country where I think, uh, uh, 90% of the population lives in like four cities that are all on the coast. Okay. So, so, so my point is we're basically fish out of water here in central Illinois. Yeah. I mean, I certainly am. It's like 30 degrees outside and I'm feel like I'm dying slowly. Yeah. Um, okay. So listen, well, so, and I, you, you asked, you know, is my wife happy three months of the year? She is not happy. Yeah. You know, I can understand she, that. <laughs> I, I understand that completely. Um, you know, the Midwest gets, you know, getting used to, I mean, when it was negative 20 a few weeks ago, I mean, I literally just wanted to hibernate the entire time and I'm used to being outside. 
Yeah. So that's that's a bit of that's that's hard to get used to. So all right, so you've got all these children, and I totally get it because my wife Elise and I we have um, we've got six kids here. We actually just welcomed our six son uh, uh, Ma- uh maximus uh, i'm sorry maximilian he came yeah we call him <laughs> different Maxim- movie yeah that's a gladiator movie that's uh, a good one um he came right before christmas right in the middle of a blizzard beautiful and uh, we actually have three others in heaven so we have nine total but but six on earth and i understand it because our birthday season seems like it starts novemberish i've got an anniversary now we've got December, we've got a birthday. We've got Christmas. My wife's birthday is January. My other son is January. It's like an expensive period of it time. Is. It is. You got to carefully budget for the, right? <laughs> you know, the, the cash outflow. It is. I mean, yeah. And, and then you have to maintain the spirit of what Christmas is all about as well. So it's like, wow, somehow, somehow our culture has shifted away from the birth of Christ to little elves that magically move around the house mm-hmm. before Christmas. Are you aware of the, the elf on the shelf? Uh, we're aware we, we have not participated. You haven't done it. Yeah. Save yourself the hassle, those yeah. things. John's shaking his head. Yes. You know about Elf on the Shelf? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so for anybody that's not aware, Elf on the Shelf is hilarious. Like there are these little things that supposedly fly back to the North Pole and tell Santa if the kids are good. And every day they're in a different location in the house. And the kids love it. But it is a lot of work for the parents. Mm-hmm. And then like sometimes you're waking up at like two or three in the morning. Like I forgot to move the Elf. And you gotta you gotta move the elf before the kids come down. So well, you know, we've done the the, the similar thing as the tooth fairy for us, and and you know, there's a lot of teeth. It turns out uh, that that fall out over the years, <laughs> and um, you know, there's this sort of window where they they expect cash, right? And uh, for for you know multiple reasons, forgetting <laughs> usually the big one. Uh, not not having the money under the pillow or in the thing was was always a critical thing, and so we've actually turned it into. Well, you've got the the, the tooth fairy has hidden the money somewhere in your room, and you have Ooh, to find it. That's brilliant, and that gives us time to figure out where to hide it. Yeah, um, so that's, that's a good idea. That's kind of been our our thing. What is the going rate for the tooth fairy at the Preboss house? Um, you know, if if it's the first tooth, it's a buck, and then it it scales down after that. It's kind of a depreciating asset. Uh, oh, as you lose more teeth. Interesting. So they don't get like bonus points for the more teeth they have falling out. No, not, no, no, uh, absolutely not. All right. So, um, so thank you for, again, for joining us. Obviously we, <laughs> you know, the, there's a lot we could talk about with teeth and flying, uh, elves, I guess, but we're here today to talk about, um, our faith in part and how, congratulations on the marriage, by the way, and all those beautiful children. How much has faith played a role in your marriage and how you're raising your children? Well, it's it's everything. It's the it's the underpinning, um, you know, to to understanding uh, not just you know married life as a sacrament that that you know moves forward through time and and remembering to to take advantage of those graces from uh, you know from that. Ooh hopefully true expression of, of, you know, God's will in my life is to, to be with my wife and, um, and then, you know, uh, making sure that the, the cave children, uh, grow up to be functioning members of society, you know, bringing them up with uh, a sense of responsibility and learning virtues in addition to their three R's, you know, the reading, writing, arithmetic, which are challenges on some days. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't be, a fun. I mean, sometimes it's not fun, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be joyful if if we didn't have faith underpinning you know everything we did. Have you have you and your wife always had a strong 
faith in the Catholic Church, or is that something that has changed or developed, or was there a conversion along the way or anything like that? I, I would say, uh, so we, it's funny, you didn't ask the question yet, but we, we met on a Catholic dating website. I was getting to that. Okay. So to, to preempt it. So we had, we had both at that, you know, stage of our lives kind of pre-screened ourselves that faith was important enough that we were going to look for someone who also thought it was important. So really from the beginning, we had, uh, uh, recognized that we had a lot of shared, um, you know, fundamental beliefs and, and, uh, you know each of us checked off the boxes for the other. <laughs> um, and, and so going into our marriage, yeah, we, we took it pretty seriously. Uh, and I will say that, you know, over the course of time and through the ups and downs of married life and the, you know, ups and downs of raising children, I would say our, our faith individually and, and also as a family, you know, I think our faith life is a lot stronger, you know, even, even though I think we were fortunate enough to be starting from a point that, you know, yeah, this is important to us. It's, it's way more now, okay. you know, and it, it's sort of, uh, it's all the time. You yeah. Know, our faith is, you know, every breath. No, hopefully. I know um, my wife is, goes to church every day if she can. And that changed recently because she just had another baby. And so she hasn't been going as often. And I think, I mean, I'm quite certain. I mean, she sees her wife there as well, mm-hmm. quite often. Um, and then the, the ladies do this, this sort of amazing, I don't want to use the word crazy because it sounds crazy to me, but amazing, beautiful thing during Lent, right? Um, like 90 days, what is it? Uh, oh, uh, the, the Magnify program. Magnify. Yep. How many days is it? And we'll I say, think it's 90. 90. Yeah. So, and um, this is 90 days of fasting, not Totally throughout the 90 days. Not all 90, yeah. yeah. You're giving up something good. (laughs) I think think last year my wife gave up sweets, sugar, chocolate, things of that nature. Um, Tons of prayer. Fellowship, or what do you call it? What do you call it? What's a feminine version of fellowship? Because I guess it's not fellow, ladyship? There's like ladyship or something, right? Where they get together. Yeah, something. I don't know. Okay. We uh, have to bring my theosaurus next time. Um, But 90 days, it's pretty incredible. And I mean- you witnessed that last year. Did you see any transformation with Jen during that time? So uh, the quick answer is no. And, and it's, it's interesting because um, she's, she's actually elected not to do it this year. Um, and and to, to back up a half a beat, um, all of those practices that you describe, you know, the, the sort of small mortification and the, you know, periodic fasting and really uh, making – Scripture, you know, and the daily reading of Scripture, a central part of your life, like getting to Mass more often, uh, daily prayer, like all those sorts of practices have been unbelievably transformative for many. And and I think they had like over 130 women this past Saturday at at the St. Jude Parish to kick this thing off for for the new year. So it's um, tremendous, right? And I think my wife, if she were sitting right here, she would say her one... Uh, suggestion uh, for that cohort of ladies uh, going through that program is is try to find like one or two things. And, and I think, um, you know, there's so much, it can be overwhelming. And, and I've heard from other friends in the parish that uh, uh, they can feel like, gosh, unless I do everything on this Magnify program, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, and some of this might be 
girl issues, right? Like I'm not good enough unless I've done all these things. But no, it's like it, it, it's introducing you, I think, to all of these wonderful spiritual practices. And so back to my wife, um, you know, my wife already did them, you know, and I'm, again, I'm very fortunate. She's a daily mass goer and communicant. We take advantage of the sacraments. Um, you know, mental prayer is a, is a big uh, part of the day. And, uh, you know, just just the state of our life and all these, you know, teenagers and young kids in the house. It just wasn't, it wasn't good this year for her to participate in that. But, but she, uh, again, runs into a lot of other women uh, and, and they're looking for something. And I think it's just awesome that the parish is promoting it. Yeah, no, I think programs like this, like Magnify, they provide opportunities for people to grow in their spirituality. And um, I mean, I know watching Elise do it, she she got a lot out of it. And it is intense. It's an mm-hmm. intense program. It's not it, you're you're jumping in with both feet and you're going for it. And I think um, some of the guys and I were joking last year, like, OK, like the women are kind of one upping us on this. We need to one up <laughs> them. Maybe we'll go 91 days. That's right. Next year. But so far, no one has actually volunteered to do anything. So we're just going to stick with Lent. And let me ask you this. So all those children, and by the way, give us your boys to girl ratio at home. I mean, what? how many boys? Uh, you five boys to two girls, and they're in that order. Okay. We had five boys, and then we had our first girl, and we, we kind of were stunned a little bit. How different was that? Totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's funny because uh, my first daughter um, was the only child that preferred me. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Know, like, so mama, mama's boys, basically. Every, every, okay. every last one of them. And even our seventh daughter is a, is a mama's girl as well. But like that, that first girl, that sixth child was the one who like would reach for anytime she wasn't hungry. Right. Like, like there's things that only mom can do, but any other thing it was dad. And it just, it was so special. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That'll, uh, well, at least you've got a lot of boys to keep the boyfriends away. Oh yeah. Well, it's not just that. And I got to tell you, I mean, it's, it's awesome because, and, it, and it's scary, you know, even even at the parochial school um, at a very young age, girls become aware of of what they're wearing and how they look in comparison to other girls. And I think I'm fat like you're seven years old. You're not. fat. I mean, this is like crazy time. But uh, your point about the older brothers, you know, it's like, hey, I want to wear a crop top to the beach and it's like no you don't you know we don't show our belly button you know in public do we have a beach in illinois uh you know the pool right the pool and um and and you're so confused what's- Wait, not to change the subject but when i first moved to chicago from florida i checked into an apartment and the lady at the register at the leasing place was like oh there's a great beach like two blocks away from here yeah it's not a beach. It's a lake. <laughs> it's totally a lake. Okay. I digress. <laughs> no, my wife said the same thing. She's like, right? it's not a beach. <laughs> I know. I feel bad because, you know, listen, if you're listening and you're a fan of Lake Michigan, I get it. It's, it's, it's a beach sort of, like they, but it's not Jupiter, Florida with no. crystal colored blue water. I, okay. Uh, anyway. anyway. So, but the, the end of the story was, you know, now my, and, and I, Again, hopefully we've done a, an okay job raising our boys, but, you know, the girls will come down. Can I wear this? It's like, well, ask your brother. And, you know, the daughter will turn to the, the older brother and say, hey, does this? No, <laughs> you need to change. <laughs> you know like, what? That's, that's awesome. What we're talking about there is modesty. Yes, 100%. Right. And that is one of the things that, first of all, attracted me to my wife. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm so proud of in our, in our family. And even she has, my wife has had such a strong influence on, on our sons. And our oldest is Ava. She's, um, she's the oldest and we've got all boys after her. 
And thank goodness, by the way, having a daughter in the mix is so helpful. And in our case, she's the oldest. She's like the second mom of the house. Yeah. But she's modest. And our sons will go someplace and they'll look away. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, that girl's inappropriate. Or, you know, there's, you know, that modesty. And I feel like men more and more are attracted to modesty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's just, that's a beautiful thing. And I think in many ways that's a grace, yeah. but it's also part of parenting. Yes. And, and, and again, uh, teaching, teaching your daughters that, um, you know, the, the, if you really want, uh, a guy to be truly attracted to you, you're like, don't show him everything. You know, it's like, let, let your face, let your eyes, let your, 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 the beauty your, of, of your soul be oh, what, absolutely. what talks about yourself, not your belly button. Yeah. And I don't know what the stats are, but I know, I mean, marriage has become, just a, almost like a trophy thing that you put on your resume in our culture. It's so sad because so many, you know, it's like, oh, I did that. And it is a vocation. It's interesting when I, I do my uh, biography on social media, I typically start with husband and father, mm-hmm. attorney, uh, radio show host, all that other stuff is secondary. Husband and father is my vocation. That's right. And, uh, and that's, it's something that I'm very, very proud of, but it's prayerful and we have to, you have to have prayer. Listen, we are coming up against our first commercial break. I just want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I'm Royce Hood and we will be back in just a minute. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Learn more about your Christian family tree. Catholic Spirit Radio and Historic St. Mary's Church in Bloomington invite you to a study on the Bible and the Church Fathers. Attend via Zoom or in person beginning February 16th. With 12 beautifully produced lessons and group discussions, you'll meet the great fathers of our church and learn what they believed. Register with coordinator Anthony Pecora at 309-750-9062. Learn more at catholicspiritradio.org. If you have a preschool or kindergartner, St. Mary's Catholic School in Bloomington invites you to its open house Thursday, February 9th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Visit the school to hear about the three- and four-year-old programs, which offers small class sizes, weekly mass, kindergarten Spanish, and lunches prepared on site. Attend our preschool and kindergarten open house February 9th and be entered for a $1,000 tuition credit. Love, live, learn, and serve as Christ taught us. It's a way of life at St. Mary's School in Bloomington. stmaryschool.net Welcome back to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Remember, you can check out Catholic Spirit Radio on uh, 89.5 in McLean County, 92.5 in Bloomington, 88.3 in Pontiac, and 97.1 in Lincoln, 89.1 in DeKalb, and in Morris, it's 89.3. I'm going to be quizzing you on that, so call in if you can or send us a note and tell us what those are and you'll get a prize. I don't know what that prize will be yet, but we'll figure it out. Again, I am Royce Hood, and I'm so glad to be um, hosting this program today for you. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Eddie Perez. Eddie, you are where? Where are you right now? Are you in Texas? I am in San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio. Wow, that's awesome. And we are also here with um, with Paul, who was uh, with us in the first segment. Paul, are you still with us? I am. Okay. And Eddie, I I got to know you. Um, through, through your ministry, Vans for Life. But that's not all you do. And, and Vans for Life, if people don't know, um, is a mobile pregnancy unit, basically, multiple mobile pregnancy units. And what these guys do is they, out, they retrofit, uh, retrofit 
mobile pregnancy units. I mean, that's how that's, there's no other way to really define it. Ultrasound machines. Tell us a little bit about your ministry and, and some of the impact that you've had in your community, Eddie. Yeah, of course. Um, so kind of came upon Vans for Life uh, almost by accident was I, I run a local pregnancy center here in San Antonio. And um, the challenge that we had was um, we were very effective in um, reducing the amount of clients going to the local abortion facility by moving our uh, brick and mortar across the street from them. But they caught on and they decided to move. Well, we were stuck in a three-year lease. So we, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what about the future? You know, this is an easy way for them to uh, get away from us is just to, you know, we're stuck in a lease and they can just move and go wherever they want. So I came across the idea of, well, what if we could have a mobile pregnancy center? Um, and I reached out to, uh, you know, the internet and a couple of companies to see if we could uh, get a mobile ultrasound van. And we did. We were able to get one. Um, and we parked it in front of three of the abortion facilities here in San Antonio. We had great success. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the abortion facilities was doing about a thousand abortions a year, um, surgical abortions and saline abortions. And so um, we were able to impact them. We were able to save about uh, 800 babies over a two year period wow. that were gonna go into the abortion facility that came on our van and chose life instead. Um, so, so that was fantastic, but one great additional benefit was we had taken away so much of their revenue uh, by taking away their clients that they decided to close their doors permanently. Um, so, so that was great success. Um, on the first day that we had the van, we had a woman that came onto the van and, and uh, she was definitely gonna get an abortion. She had had one about 10 years earlier, um, she had gotten into drugs. Her fiance had died, so she kind of spiraled downward. Um, she came on a van just to get the ultrasound so she could take it to the abortion facility. And uh, when we did the ultrasound on her, the baby looked at her and waved. So she, of course, got very emotional. Um, she decided to, to choose life for her baby. She called her her mother um, and told her that you know she was going to be a grandmother. So. Um, that was the very first day, so we knew we were on the right track. Very um, first day, so right the very, very first yeah. day of that of the mobile mm-hmm. pregnancy unit ministry. Correct. I, I've correct. I, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, one of the funny stories that I, I remember you telling um, one of, didn't one of the centers. You, you already mentioned this, so they moved. They moved locations, right? And it's sort of funny now that right. you're mobile. I mean, if if the abortion clinic moves, you can just follow them. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and so what ended up happening was about a year ago, I decided, look, why can't we, do, why can't we do this in all the cities in the country? Why can't we, do, why can't we park a van in front of every abortion facility? Um, and so I looked into it. I found a conversion company that's actually able to retrofit about a hundred of these vans every single year, as long as the funds are there and the cost of each van is about $150,000. Um, so we were looking to do that and we, we had a couple of fundraisers and we were able to, um, thank God we were able to, uh, launch our first van last, uh, November, a couple of months ago in Daytona beach. And we have eight additional vans that are going to be ready in, in, uh, early March of this year that we'll be able to launch. 
um, we're just looking to, to build on that. And what, you know, I found out about three or four months ago that um, Planned Parenthood had decided that their strategy was going to be mobile, that they were going to get mobile vans and park them at the border of these non-abortion states uh, where the girls are now going into abortion states and they were going to um, reach out to them that way. And I'm thinking, okay, great. Well, we got our vans. We'll just follow them. You know, so wait, 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 hold on. Logo, so you're you know? saying that the um, Planned Parenthood is going to, they're going to actually have their own version of the van. A death, yep. a death, we'll call it a death van. From us or where they got it from, but, yeah. So what, what are they're they doing? They're doing hearse conversions though. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. man. <laughs> okay. So they've got their hearse, hearse conversion van and they're right. parking at the border. Are they performing abortions in those vans or are they just transporting women to the clinics? Do you know? Not only are they doing abortions in the van, in the other room, they're doing pregnancy tests and the ultrasounds for other women. So wow. right next to them, two feet away in an enclosed room, they're doing abortion. That's terrifying. And uh, But wow, thank you so much for for being out there and and kind of doing what you do. Uh, with your pregnancy yeah. units. I mean, I think that's phenomenal. Um, and there's other there's other ministries that I've heard of as well that have these mobile units, but what you've been able to do with the fundraising aspect of it and being able to go out and, and actually help other organizations have their own vans, that's huge. Um, how much right. of an impact, I mean, what, okay, so how much of an impact did these vans have on a, on a woman's life and on, on her pregnancy? Um, they can provide ultrasound, is that correct? Yeah. So real quick, yes, there's, there's a couple of other organizations that I'm aware of that also provide that mobile unit. One of them, um, they're able to do it. Um, and they, they've kind of gone a different route. What they do is they have kind of RVs that are retrofit. Um, the ones that we have are small enough that they fit in a regular public parking spot. So we can park anywhere that a regular car can park. There's no restriction. So that's a huge, huge advantage. Mm. Um, we can also do, like I said, up to a hundred vans a year, which is unheard of because most, you know, um, conversion companies, they're pumping out maybe three or four a year. Um, so, so we're really at a, a, a huge advantage there. So when the girls go, we, we kind of call ourselves, um, kind of like an emergency room. So, so a girl comes onto our van, sees, She's in crisis. She doesn't know what to do. So the first thing we do is say, well, let's make sure you're pregnant, right? And then we, we ask her these questions. And by the way, if you're pregnant, is that going to be a problem? And we kind of hear them out, hear, hear what's going on with them. So if they end up not being pregnant, we can still minister to them and talk to them about the risks of abortion and what their different options are. So, But if they are uh, pregnant, we then do an ultrasound. It's a limited ultrasound to tell them how many... Uh, how far along they are in their pregnancy. And then we find out, so why is this a problem for you? Because there's, there's always, um, one or two things and it can be as extreme as my boyfriend is beating me. Um, I don't have a place to live or as little as I don't have a double stroller because I have other kids and I can't, I won't be able to walk around with my new child. So I need to get an abortion. I mean, it, it's that extreme. So we take care of the emergency right up front. And are you, able to provide, that, are you able yeah. to provide resources based on what those, what those uh, challenges are? Right. So, so we're, 
able to provide those. So what we never do is give them a card and say, call this number. Um, we look at what's going on in the community, provide those resources. But then once we've got them off the ledge, we get them to the local pregnancy center. And lots of times the local pregnancy center is the one who's purchased a mobile pregnancy center van. So they have the van out there and then they schedule the follow-up appointments at their brick and mortar. Well, they provide them with the diapers and the baby clothes and the maternity clothes and kind of go into a more in-depth exploration about what's going on. Mm. No, that's absolutely beautiful. And I just want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Catholic Conversations on a Catholic Spirit Radio. And um, be sure to be sure to check out our sponsors and support our sponsors who make this program possible and that make this ministry possible throughout Central Illinois. And we are uh, listening to Eddie Perez from San Antonio, Texas. Um, and we're joined by myself, Royce Hood, and Paul Prebas. Uh, and I'm so glad to be hosting this program today. Um, Eddie, what, how many women, first of all, do your vans typically see? I mean, do you have some, some data on that? Yeah. So what I've looked upon is, is other organizations and, and other vans and so forth. But if, you know, if, if you have good, strong sidewalk support from the community, um, you should be able to see about 500 girls a year. And you know, you mentioned before that the, um, was it 800 babies were saved the first two years or first year with your first uh-huh. van? Uh, the first two, well, about a year and a half, two years. How do you know that? Is that based on the decisions that the women make during your ministering to them? Yes. Yeah. So we also do follow up. We do uh, complete case management and, and follow up with the girls and, and make sure um, they're good to go. But basically it, 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 it kind of is that simple. You take care of the emergency or the crisis, and they'll choose life. They want to choose life. You just have to nudge them in the right direction. You just have to let them know, look, we're going to be there for you, you know, not just through the pregnancy, but we're going to help you after the pregnancy with whatever you need. And once they have that confidence that somebody is in their corner, um, you know, they take off like a rocket ship. They feel very, very empowered, and they're like, no way am I going to abort this baby when I have someone who's going to help me with getting a job or, or fixing my car or, or paying for rent in the short term to, to get um, myself back on my feet. That's beautiful. And are there any um, women or babies that you're, that you've helped save that you're still in touch with to this day? Um, lots of them, you know, you have to think about their mindset. So they come to us in crisis. And then once they've chosen life, there is a little bit of guilt because they're like, I can't believe I was even considering that. And, and so they kind of struggle with that a little bit. And so they're not very proud of this. So for them to come back to the pregnancy center or, you know, go on Facebook or go on and say, hey, you know, this place is a great place. I, they actually saved my baby. They're, they're not proud of that. So it's, you know, we will follow up with them to a point and then we just let them know we're here. If you ever find yourself in this situation again or you ever need help, um, you know, you can always reach out to us. We're, we're always here. That's beautiful. No, I, I totally, that makes tons of sense. And, um, you know, Central Illinois has a number of pregnancy resource centers as well. Peoria, where I am from, I think has two now. We have Women's Care Center, which I'm a part of, which is fantastic. And 
Um, I mean, just in the short amount of time that I've been involved with that organization, I know of several women that have come in for free ultrasounds, uh, determined to have an abortion and then saw the ultrasound and made the decision to save, to keep their baby. They, and it's, there's something about seeing that's believing. I mean, how do you articulate mm-hmm. it, that in the words, Eddie or Paul? I mean, is that, is that what it is? Is it, is it just the simple fact that they're able to see? Is it this, is it, or is it the love that they experience through, through your ministry or, or similar ministries? Yeah, I'll let Paul take that one. Oh gosh. Um, I, I think seeing, I mean, not to get political, but you know, when, when there have been movements in the past, uh, that, that would require or mandate that a woman seeking abortion should, should have the opportunity to see her child, you know, the other side hates that. And I think that's, that speaks volumes, you know, I mean, it's why, why do they hate it? It's like, well, I, I, I think it's impactful. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, and, and whether it's a, that, that connection of mother and child actually becomes real at that moment. That might be something I, I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I haven't, I haven't had a child myself. I don't know. <laughs> you're not, a, you're not a birthing. Person. I'm not, I'm not a birthing person. Um, yeah, that's like a new thing, I guess, especially but, here in Illinois. But, uh, Eddie, do you have any birthing persons in Texas or is that just an Illinois thing? <laughs> Not, not that I'm aware of. I don't think so in Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys are different. All right, so listen, um, Eddie, But and, and wrapping up here, you've got a really cool event going on. First of all, you're going to be up at the March for Life this year, right, in D.C.? Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, last year, you know, I've been to the March two or three different times. Um, but last year, we, for Vance for Life, we did a fundraising dinner. Uh, we had, uh, it was the night before the March for Life in D.C., uh, it was at Trump Hotel. We had Tim Tebow as our keynote and, and several other high-profile uh, pro-life advocates that were there. It was, it was very successful. Um, it not only helped us raise money, but it also created awareness for other pro-life organizations that were there to know that our ministry existed. Um, so we're going to try to do this every year, but this year we have it as well. Um, again, it's the night before the March for Life. It's at the Museum of the Bible in D.C., and our keynote is Kirk Cameron, um, we'll have uh, Abby Johnson there. We'll have uh, Pro-Life Hero Award going to uh, Senator Rick Santorum. And the big one is we'll have Father Frank Caboon there as well. And he's, uh, I'm, I'm sure most of your listeners know, know his story. So we're really excited to have him there as well. All right. Well, that's exciting. And um, we wish you the best of luck with that. And I, I think I'll be seeing you at that as well as at the Law of Life Summit. I'm sure we'll see each other at the March for Life as well. Um, and if anybody's yeah. interested, they could check out it. Is it Vance for Life? What's your website, Eddie? No. So actually for this event, we do have free tickets available. Um, of course, we're asking for financial support at the event. But um, to, to get to the dinner and the fundraising event, um, tickets are free right now. Um, and it's very simple. Just go to KirkCameronEvent.com. Okay. All right. There you had it. You heard it here on uh, Catholic Spirit Radio. And Eddie Perez, we just want to thank you for joining us. And I think we're about to jump into a radio, uh, a little break, but we'll be back. And Eddie, thank you again. Of course. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. We pray for our listeners and their heavenly requests. Surrounded by the love and support of our prayers, We pray that your load feels lighter and your hope brighter. We at Catholic Spirit Radio will pray for your special intentions. Use the new prayer request button found on our website at catholicspiritradio.com and be assured that our spirit prayer team will pray for you. 
Learn more about your Christian family tree. Catholic Spirit Radio and Historic St. Mary's Church in Bloomington invite you to a study on the Bible and the Church Fathers. Attend via Zoom or in person beginning February 16th. With 12 beautifully produced lessons and group discussions, you'll meet the great fathers of our church and learn what they believed. Register with Coordinator Anthony Pecora at 309-750-9062. Learn more at catholicspiritradio.org. If you have a preschool or kindergartner, St. Mary's Catholic School in Bloomington invites you to its open house Thursday, February 9th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Visit the school to hear about the three- and four-year-old programs, which offers small class sizes, weekly mass, kindergarten Spanish, and lunches prepared on site. Attend our preschool and kindergarten open house February 9th and be entered for a $1,000 tuition credit. Love, live, learn, and serve as Christ taught us is a way of life at St. Mary's School in Bloomington. stmaryschool.net. Catholic Spirit Radio is here for you 24 hours a day. And just by tuning in, we help you learn about the beauty of the Catholic faith. If you're listening today and liking what you hear about the truths and traditions of the Catholic faith, maybe this is the time that you take a bold step. Whether you desire to become a Catholic, wish to return to the Catholic faith, or simply want to know more about the faith, find out how to take the first step by inquiring at any of the local Catholic churches, asking a Catholic friend, or contacting Catholic Spirit Radio. God's welcoming and loving arms found in the Catholic faith are waiting for you. Welcome back to Catholic Conversation. Uh, this is Royce Hood, and um, thank you so much for listening to Catholic Spirit Radio. And as as always, be sure to uh, thank our sponsors. And if you heard any sponsors uh, during the commercial break, uh, check them out. And be sure to support them because they support this ministry. And we are joined uh, today this for this third segment of the program with, uh, by Karen Garnett, who is, I think, also in Texas. Karen, is that correct? Are you in Texas? I am in Dallas. Dallas. We've had two Texans on today. Uh, we had somebody else from San Antonio a minute ago. And I'm also joined by Paul Prebos, who is uh, sitting next to me. Um, Paul, are you still with us? I am. Hello, Karen. Nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you, too. So, Karen, you are with Heroic Media, but you've got like, I don't know, three or four dozen titles. I can't keep up with it all because you're doing so much. You've got uh, Heroic Media. And tell us uh, what else you do and a little bit about your, uh, your apostolate and the work that you're doing. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to share. I am the chief culture officer at Heroic Media. And then within Heroic Media, we have, we have two initiatives, separate initiatives, the National Prayer Luncheon for Life. I serve as president of National Prayer Luncheon for Life. And I am executive editor of our pro-life magazine. So we have Heroic Media and National Prayer Luncheon for Life and pro-life magazine. And, um, yeah, I've been here at Heroic Media since May of 2017, but I am, gosh, let me think about this, 34 years in the movement. Wow. So I, I got started as a volunteer in, uh, in 1989, and I served as the founding executive director of the Catholic Pro-Life Committee in Dallas, the Diocese of Dallas. I served in that role for 22 years, and, uh, yeah, so it began with some volunteer work, then did Catholic for Life, CPLC, for that many years, actually 23 total, and then I um, came over to Heroic Media. So it's it's been a it's been a I don't know several decades yeah. of uh, working in this as a second vocation. My primary vocation is is marriage. Hey, there we go. That's awesome that you say that because I I pointed that out earlier, and Paul was talking about that earlier. Our, our vocation is uh, 
being married, uh, first and mm-hmm. foremost, right? So that's how we get to heaven. That's right. That's beautiful. And um, so, all right. So, Karen, you've been involved in, in the Catholic world for basically your entire career. I mean, that's that's just incredible what you've been able to do. And um, I've met you through uh, through Heroic Media. You participated in a Law of Life Summit that I was uh, put, putting on in Schaumburg last year. Um, and and you, you mentioned the lunch as well. Tell us a little, a little bit about that lunch. My understanding is that um, you guys are, su- through that, you're supporting other ministries. Is that correct? That's right. But I first want to remind you, you and I actually met for the first time standing next to each other at the 2020 March for Life when President Trump was speaking in person. So you, I had heard of you and uh, through our mutual friend, uh, Lauren Muzika, I'd seen your name out there. But that's that's where we actually first met, and you were um, sharing photos with me and everything else. So it was it was so cool. Uh, a couple of years after that, for you to reach out for Law of Life Summit last summer, and um, yes, yeah, so so what, what, what a good memory, good memory. Like, Wait, not to interrupt you, but that's a good memory. And if I remember that correctly, it was we were like right in front of the stage area, and it was absolutely freezing cold. Yes. It was cold, and and yes, thankfully we were uh, we were very blessed to be in the very. I have to do a sidebar. I have to interrupt and tell you this funny story because I'm thinking of it and it will be gone in a second. So I had two of my kids. I try to take at least one child with me every year to the March for Life. I had Ava and Gabriel. I think Ava was probably seven at the time. And because the president was going to be there, there was tons of security. Do you remember the Secret Service? Like you had to go through and there are metal detectors. They're patting you down. There was Guys with machine guns. Do you remember any of that, Karen? With the with all yeah, the yeah, yeah. We we got there really early. Right? Um, we t- were, yeah, we were kind of we were backstage and then came around to the front. Um, but yeah, had to so, get there really early. Okay, so funny story. We're going through. I've got these two little kids with me, and we're going through Secret Service. When we get to the metal detector. And you have to empty your pockets. So like, my son, I think didn't have anything. I didn't. I had my phone, some keys. We get to my daughter, and she takes out like a sucker, a lollipop. We call them lollipops in Florida. I guess they're known as suckers in the Midwest. What do you call them in Texas? Are they suckers or lollipops? Either. Either. Okay. So she takes out one, puts it on the thing, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of whatever. Takes out another one. Takes out another one. She's got like this gigantic jacket with three or four different layers of pockets. And every single pocket had probably three or four lollipops. And it's taking like a couple of minutes and I'm looking up at these very serious looking Secret Service guys, one of which has like a giant machine gun. And I, I couldn't help but notice he started to laugh. And I was like, wow, this is a little bit embarrassing, but it's also hilarious. And we're bringing some joy to this guy that uh, looks looks pretty freezing cold and sort of miserable otherwise. <laughs> but I digress. That's uh, I didn't mean to interrupt your story, but I felt like I had oh, to share no, that. That's OK. No, I, it was just. You know, this is what the Holy Spirit does. That's and right. So keep going. It was going. such a blessing to meet you then, and then, um, and then, yes, then you reached out for last summer. So, so to explain the National Prayer Luncheon for Life, it originally was an original vision of the founder of Heroic Media back in 2016 to do a luncheon counter to Planned Parenthood's annual awards luncheon in Dallas. And so, so Dallas was, has had one of the, lar- I don't know about the status now after Dobbs, but had one of the largest Planned Parenthood affiliates in the country. And they would, ha- you know, they get over a thousand people to come to their annual, what they called awards luncheon to give the Margaret Sanger award out. And since heroic media goes head to head against Planned Parenthood every single day on the internet, we do targeted internet advertising 
to compete with the Planned Parenthood and abortion industry ads to try to reach the abortion-determined woman. As she's looking for abortion information, our ad competes with hers and connects her, if she clicks on ours, connects her to one of our life-affirming pregnancy health center partners so she has the chance. As first line of defense, she has that chance to be connected to a life-affirming center where she can choose life. And so uh, the founder's vision was, okay, we go head-to-head against them every day online to save lives. Let's, let's go head-to-head against them for fundraising and, um, and, and out, out, both outnumber and outraise them. So that was the first luncheon in 2016, and I think, let's see, 650 people came to the first one. Well, over the years, it grew, doubled. Then uh, by 2019, we changed the name of it instead of Dallas Prairie Luncheon for Life to National, and we were teaming with the Unplanned team, Abby Johnson and the producers of the movie Unplanned, and the Holy Spirit made it very clear to us that we were to change the name to National Prayer Luncheon for Life. So we maxed it out, and we had 2,200 people that year. Wow. The following year, we both outnumbered and outraised Planned Parenthood. Um, we had 3,000 people at the luncheon, and it was five days before the global pandemic was announced. And, um, yeah, it, and then everything changed. Planned Parenthood in Dallas no longer holds their annual event, or they for sure didn't in 2021. And Brett Atterbury, who is the chief executive officer of our, of our company, he became, he was ele- elevated to that role in uh, November of 2020. And the Holy Spirit gave him a brand new vision for the National Prayer Luncheon for Life and that it would no longer be a fundraising event for heroic media. But it would truly become a, pr- a real prayer event and truly national. What we call it, and we call it the Hour of Power prayer event, where we can bring people together virtually from all over the country for one hour. And we, he, his vision also was that we would, we would actually present the annual Pro Life Impact Award and one hundred thousand dollars in Pro Life Impact grants. That's and amazing. And yeah, and we, we involve the grassroots through that whole process through the year, through nominations, through voting, and then it's kind of like the pro-life Emmys because it's presented live at the end of the hour. So you're giving, and who are you giving that money to? I mean, that, that money is being awarded to ministries across the country. It's, tell us a little bit about what you look for and how you how that determination is made. Yeah, so again, it's, it's all about involving the movement, bringing people together. The first year we did it, which was 2021, we chose the nominees ourselves because we're on a kind of a short timeline and to be uh, the um, the winners were and but the voting by pro-life america determines who gets the award and the grants so the first year year one we actually gave eighty five thousand in in grants that first year and it was students for life of america got the pro-life impact award and the fifty thousand dollar grant and then and then there were none by uh, led by abby johnson they got the the second grant and sidewalk advocates for life led by lauren musica got third then last year, 2022, is when we opened up nominations from around the country, and and you people can nominate either a local, state, or national pro-life organization, but they have to measure their impact. So it's all about impact and reporting measurable results that you know are trackable. And so it's so cool because there may be some amazing local pro-life organization that we've never heard of. And one of our goals with, with National Prayer Luncheon for Life, and this is our tagline, it's, it's to elevate and celebrate high-impact pro-life organizations so that together we can accelerate winning more battles and ultimately winning the war 
to protect preborn human lives from abortion. So it's elevate, celebrate, accelerate. And in 22, we had amazing, we had 13,000 people who voted from across the country, double the number from the first year. And uh, the top, the Pro-Life Impact Award and $50,000 grant went to live action. And then the 20,000 went to Embrace Grace, led by Amy Ford. And then the 15,000 went to the Radiance Foundation, led by Ryan and Bethany Bumberger. And then the, uh, we, and then we gave three $5,000 impact grants and they went to Pro-Life Action League, led by Eric Scheidler, Pro-Love Ministries, led by, um, Pam Whitehead, and Support After Abortion, led by Lisa Rowe. So that's what we did in 22 and we've completed nominations for 23. I am in the process this month of vetting the nominations. The ballot opens for nationwide voting on February 1 and stays open through April 15th, so people can share and share and share the opportunity. You can only vote one time, and then we will. Karen, do Karen, hold on. What, tell us your website. Live tell on us Friday, April 21st. Tell us what that website is, and then Paul, I think, has a question for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, it the website is nationalprayerluncheonforlife.org. dot org. That's awesome. And we also have the weekly podcast show where, where we bring leaders of pro life pro life organizations on every week to just help educate the public about what are the organizations out there in the country, there's thousands, and who are the leaders and what are they doing? Karen, it was so interesting to me to hear that, uh, to, to look at these nominees and the impacts they're having, you're, you're actually asking them to, to talk about data and the metrics and the measures that they're using. Can you talk a little bit about the variety and, and you know what your group was able to sort of ascertain uh, from the effectiveness of these groups, because I know that this is this is a, a hard thing to do, and and I think that's a really valuable outcome from from just you know giving the award away is also uh, you know you have a very high level view of of how all of these organizations are really measuring their success. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it, honestly, it comes again from the vision from our our chief executive officer Brett Atterbury. He comes from the business world. He has an MBA from the Wharton School, and he was in corporate America marketing for 25 years before coming over to Heroic Media in 2015. And it, all, all the, uh, especially philanthropists, business people that Brett talks to around the country, that's exactly what they are looking for and asking for is what's the ROI? Who are the most effective pro-life organizations out there. Everybody's doing amazing, wonderful work, but, you know, we got to make sure we, we have limited dollars and, and who, who's doing the most impactful work. So some of the things that we've been able to see and measure, I mean, when you look at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, I think they are now approaching the 20,000 lives saved on the sidewalk through their efforts. And they, they've only been, you know, in existence since 2013. When you look at Abby Johnson's and then there were not the uh, over 600 abortion facility workers, their ministry has specifically been able to reach into their abortion facilities and bring them out, love them out of there. And I mean, some of those where they've been able, they've been so successful in bringing workers out and bringing them into healing and then bringing them into our movement, our industry, they've actually been able to close abortion facilities because of the lack of workers. When you look at uh, Students for Life of America and Live Action, and the Radiance Foundation, I mean, my goodness, the, the reach that they have 
through their social media um, efforts, the videos that they put together, the memes that they put together. I mean, we're talking in the millions of people they reach, but also the number of minds changed. Mm-hmm. Minds change is such an important metric. And then Embrace Grace. My goodness. A lot of people haven't heard of Embrace Grace, but oh my gosh, what a story. Um, Amy Ford, who experienced an unexpected pregnancy herself as when she was heading into college, had grown up pro-life, but had never, never heard of a pregnancy center that they even existed. And she wanted the church to become the first place uh, a pregnant mom would go to, would run to rather than run away from because of shame. And she now has Embrace Grace uh, chapters in all 50 states and, and gone international. Same with support after abortion. It, it's just amazing what that organization has done in only, gosh, they're coming up on three years of when they incorporated. They used to be under a pregnancy center in Southwest Florida, and they they incorporated, became a 501c3 standalone in March 25th of 2020 is when they launched. And thousands, I mean, they, their reach is incredible, and they're also training the leaders in the abortion recovery, you know, network. They put on a monthly w- webinar, and people are anybody is is welcome to to join that webinar. It's a training, unbelievable the number of people that they have um, they've connected with, with and brought into their healing program. No, you 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 are so well tapped in to all this. We only have about a minute remaining. Um, I'm going to be seeing you next week at the March for Life, and I'm excited to say that uh, Heroic Media is helping to run the communications panel at the Law of Life Summit, and we're going to be talking about how to win the pro-life argument, so people can learn about that at lawlife.org, um, and that will that site will be updated in, in the next few days. But I want to just, in the last minute that we have left, uh, give us a quick blurb. How much has faith had an impact on your career and the work that you're doing right now? Um, and uh, I just want to focus on that as we're wrapping up here. Sure. Um, so I'm a cradle Catholic, and I just want to, you know, just give thanks to my mom and my dad for raising me in the faith, baptizing me. I went to Catholic schools growing up. Um, I was very aware of Roe v. Wade at, when it was handed down when I was 10 years old. So if you do the math, 10 plus 50, that tells you how old I am. And um, and when God moved our, our family here during my senior year of high school, I would have never, ever dreamed that, you know, he would— Call me into pro-life work full-time. I have five children as well. You know, my husband and I have raised. But also to become personal close friends with Norma McCorvey, the Jane Rowe of Roe v. Wade, 22-year friendship. I gave the eulogy at her funeral. And, um, you know, just it, it's everything. Our, our, my Catholic faith, we are doing this for the Lord. And um, this is the call. So I'm just answering the call that he's given me the call within the call, my primary vocation, again, wife and mother. But, um, yeah, I'm until it ends. And John Paul II, St. John Paul II had a huge impact on me with his what we call prophetic message to America. And uh, from the Detroit airport about America defend life, all the great causes are yours today. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Have meaning only to the extent that you guarantee the right to life and defend the human person. Karen Garnett with your survival uh, as a society. So that's that's me. No, Karen, thank you so much for for being a part of this. Uh, We just want to thank Karen Garnett with Heroic Media for being here today, and Paul Prepos as well for joining me in the studio. And you are listening. uh, I am Royce Hood. You are listening to Catholic Conversation on Catholic Spirit Radio. Um, and I just want to in, in, encourage everybody listening to this to check out catholicspiritradio.org. And uh, there's a, a link on there where you can make donations as well.
as well to support this fantastic ministry. Until next time, I'm Royce Hood, and uh, thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Catholic Conversations. Download our podcasts at catholicspiritradio.com.